Welcome to the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the future of farming, food, and nutrition. Have we finally found ways to improve the well-being of our pets by understanding how nutrients interact with their genes? Here to discuss the question is Dr. Carl Dawson, Vice President and Chief Scientific Officer at Alltech. Dr. Dawson directs activities at the company's biosciences centers around the world, including Alltech's Center for Nutrigenomics and Applied Animal Nutrition, where he is the co-director. And thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Dawson. The, the science of nutrigenomics has been your focus for many years, and you've applied the body of knowledge to agriculture, but here we're talking about something that's near and dear to everyone who shares living space with an animal of one spe- species or another, whether they live on a farm or in a big city. So let's go to that question. Can nutrigenomics be used to improve the well-being of our pets? Yeah, nutrigenomics has been used a lot to understand uh, health, digestion, the way nutrients influence an animal's growth. And in the last several years, we've begun to focus a little bit more on not only the animal's gene composition and and gene expression, but also started to look at the microorganisms that live in the gastrointestinal tract. So this is a population that has a whole different set of genes to work with. And we have some new tools today that allow us to actually look at this. It's very important because in many respects, we're starting to believe that this microbial population in the gut is almost a separate organ in the animal. And it has its own genetic makeup, and it is contributing a lot to the way those animals develop and respond to nutrients and their resistance to disease. So you're thinking of the the microbial presence as kind of an organ of its own? In in, in itself, yes. Uh, And that's, that's the concept that's really developing. And if you look at uh, human medicine or human physiology, we're starting to learn that, in fact, the microbial population in the gut and the way you influence it by eating isn't influencing such things as brain development, cardiovascular development, and even the way your hormones are distributed throughout the body. Now, if uh, genetics influence how certain dietary ingredients are associated with disease, Is it possible to know how to adjust a pet's feed to avoid disease? Yeah, there's a lot of work that's been going on in in this particular area looking to see what you can do to change, particularly the microbiota or this population of bacteria that live in the intestinal tract. Uh, We know quite a few things that are important there. For example, we know what the distribution of microorganisms is in an animal that has diarrhea, an acute diarrhea. We know that if we feed certain things such as fiber, we can change that way that microbial population develops. And we're getting to know a lot about who is there. Now, that to everybody doesn't really sound very exciting, but I've been a microbiologist for 35 years now. This stuff really gets me excited because I could never really describe who was there, what microorganisms are actually there. We could culture some and see them, but we have new tools with high-throughput sequencing techniques that allow us to separate out those microorganisms and see things we've never seen in the past. What sorts of research related to pet nutrition have been happening in in your laboratory lately? 
Well, we've been focusing a lot on, on what we can do to the microbial population. This is something that comes from the work we've done in livestock. We know that we can influence the way the microbial population develops. We have a line of, of feed supplements, whether you call them prebiotics or probiotics, both of those will influence the way that population develops. So we've been interested to see what happens to the distribution or the profile in this microbial population when we actually change management as well as nutrition. When we talk about pets, we're talking about a wide variety of creatures, everything from dogs and cats to birds and fish and snakes and pigs and you name it. How can it be determined among these different species which additives or ingredients best align with each species' diet and health? Can that be done? Well, I don't think we're quite there yet. We're, we cannot tell you what the optimal beneficial microbial population looks like. And that's probably a little bit of a disappointment for me because we've been doing all this detailed work on what the profile of microorganisms is in the intestinal tract and what it's doing. We know we can change things, and we know that that's reflected in the health of the animal, its immune response, disease resistance. But we don't really know what the optimal way to do that is. Now, there is a new science that's coming up today, that's this idea of metabolomics. This is a little bit different area to look at. Not only does it look at the microbial population, but in this situation, we're looking at the metabolites, the compounds that these bacteria are producing. And these compounds are very important because they do enter the bloodstream. You can measure them in plasma, for example. And we know that these have significant influences on hormonal response, neurotransmitters. So we're controlling such things as the way the animal eats. We can influence immunity and things like that. So this is a different area that we're starting to delve into right now, and it's really bringing together the animal a little bit more with this microbial population that you find in the intestinal tract. Metabolomics is still in its infancy, but that is where the answer is going to come when it comes to understanding what microbes and nutrients do in the animal because we're influencing the way the metabolism of that animal is changing through their genetics or their gene expressions. So we can understand that today. Metabolomics, you've given us yet another reason to be standing outside your door, tapping our toes, waiting for another interview in the future. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Are, are new foods on the horizon that will improve health, new foods that based on these uh, science? I, I think so. Uh, one of the exciting things uh, that we've had the opportunity to do in the last couple of years is actually see the effects of such things as a probiotic, a bacterial supplement, or a prebiotic. We can actually see what they're doing today. We know there are considerable differences in the prebiotics. For example, uh, one of our products is a biomass product, a, a man-end-based product. There's such things as inulin. The two things act completely separately. So now that we can see what they're doing to the microbial population, we actually have the ability to start customizing products with very specific types of prebiotics and maybe even probiotics as we move forward. This is something that's revolutionary. You don't really think that much about it, but never before have we been able to go in and say a particular probiotic in the animal's food is changing what goes on in the gut and actually measuring what those changes look like. So that's the whole uh, area that's got the excitement in the scientific community is we're now able to see the changes. Uh, 
So tell us about developing a pet food that's intended to support heart health, brain function, joint health, and overall well-being. Can, can those goals be achieved in a single feed, uh, or are there conflicting characteristics that have to be overcome? I think there's going to be some interactions there between nutrients. You're not going to be able to address everything, but I think you can go after some of the ideal situations. We're a couple years away from actually doing that sort of thing at, at this point in time. But it's very important to remember that we now have the tool to actually measure some of those. We're getting an idea of what we need to measure in the animal, for example, to overcome obesity in dogs. This is an area that plagues everyone who's a dog owner. But we do know that there are certain surprising areas that allow us to change that. For example, some of the prebiotics we're looking at today, we know change the structure of the intestinal tract, change the way nutrients are introduced into that animal, and actually address the hormonal imbalances that are associated with obesity. We're getting to the point where we know what to look for now, so it's going to be a relatively small step to say, here's nutritionally what we can do to change that. Mm. What are the environmental implications of developing more efficiently digested pet foods? Boy, uh, I carry my little plastic bag around after my dog every day, so there's an environmental impact that I think <laughs> about a lot. There are lots of things that can be done to do that, but I think the overall uh, approach to shifting the microbial population will change that digestion efficiency without changing the, the overall health status of the animal. Those two things have to go together. Uh, for example, there, there's been some work done with uh, – Fiber sources like beet pulp. A beet pulp is something that considerably changes the microbial population. It is somewhat indigestible, but it has a tremendous impact on the health of the animal. And it does so in such a way that it improves digestion overall. So there is a, a way to decrease fecal excretion, if you'd like, what we think about after we have to clean up after our dogs as we walk around uh, on our walk every evening. So... Is beet pulp being used in pet feeds? It is and to some extent, but it is not a standard uh, addition. Hmm. Uh, the, the other thing about beet pulp is you have to use it at fairly high concentrations in the diet to bring about these types of changes. As you explore the science of nutrigenomics and its application to pets, do you foresee a day when we will be extending the lifespans of these beloved animals? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure we're going to see that happen. Uh, longevity is, is an issue for us all. A lot of that comes down to the overall health of the animal. And as we look at such things as insulin resistance, which is seen in a lot of aging animals, those are things that can be controlled, and we have a pretty good idea on how to uh, do that by using specific supplements today. Some of those will be mineral supplements as much as anything, but we do see ways of controlling that. Uh, they'll never live forever, but we will be able to enhance the, the health of those animals so that they are longer living. And not only that, improve the quality of life they have in their older years. Dr. Carl Dawson is Vice President and Chief Scientific Officer at Alltech. Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. For show notes and more episodes, visit alltech.com forward slash ag future.